Okay, I pressed record and we are recording. We're off. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> oh my god. Hello. Welcome to the JCAS with you. Uh, Nick Helm and you, Nathaniel Metcalf. Yes, yes, that's it. We're absolutely been a little while since we've done one of these, isn't it? Yes, um, I think. It, and this is the first time that I'm, you know, um, uh, that you're doing it from a new recording device. Well, yeah. I mean, I've thought, right, let's just get this done, and and so I've got all of the equipment, got all the gear. This one may well never hear the light of day, <laughs> but um, but we're doing we're doing our best, and, um, and and you can't say fairer than that, can you? You can't. I can't say <laughs> No, I can't. Um, <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, well, I see. I've got to up my game. <laughs> do, 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 do you know you're playing with the big boys now? No, Nick? I'm playing with the big boys now. I've been right. practicing. Okay. In the time we've been off, I've been practicing. practicing your comedy. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, well. So. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think we've done one of these since. Was it June or July? I don't think it was even June or July. Was it? Was oh my. It not, oh it? my giddy aunt. When was when was you'll know this? When yeah. was the thing's fortieth anniversary? Oh yeah, what would that be? Yeah, I reckon that would be about June. Maybe it was. I think like it June. was May. It might have been May. I think it was May. Yeah, so we've been very bad at doing these, but we now we've got. No, we the... haven't. No, we haven't. <laughs> I'm not gonna. We're not gonna start on a negative. We're not gonna start on a negative. You've been really bad at doing these. <laughs> I've been absolutely brilliant at them. <laughs> right, don't drag me down. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, People come up to me all the time and they say, "Come on, do another, do another podcast." Well, it's good because when people ask me, I can go, "Well, Nick's very busy, isn't he?" And they believe that, but they don't believe it from me. I I say Nat's been really busy, and people look at me like, "Why are you lying?" (laughs) (laughs) And I have to say, "No, no, no, he's genuinely busy." (laughs) And they go, "Yeah, all right, Nick. If you don't want to do any more podcasts, you just say it. Don't blame Nat." Uh, it's, it's just it worked out really well for me, to be fair. It has, yeah. It but has, you, yeah. you have genuinely yeah, been very been, busy. Been very busy. I've yeah. been on tour and I've still had time to do podcasts. But sure, <laughs> all right. Um, anyway. Coming for you live from our treehouse. Um, live, live from all the way at the top of the tree. What sort of tree is it? Uh, well, it's a tree that is big enough. Can't quite see the leaves then. No. <laughs> but what, what, what would you? I can't even see the wood for it. Oh, right. Okay, well, um, I can describe a leaf to you and then you can tell me what tree you think it is. <laughs> it's sort of like a long leaf with kind of like uh, curved edges that go round and round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's... Um, is it? Is it um, an, an ash tree? No, no, it's not an ash tree. No, you're not very good at trees, are you? No. no. This, is, this, is, this is quite an antagonistic episode straight away. Um, no, it's not like that. It's, it's, it's the sort of... It's the sort of um, uh, leaf that you might get like a, a nut with. Um, and no, I don't know what tree it is. It's an oak tree. An oak tree. It's, I was going to say oak, but it seemed too trad. Yeah. Well, I'm quite a trad guy. <laughs> we're, 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 yeah. What's your? How have you got up here? How have I got up the tree? Well, I've, <clears throat> I've, I've come up this uh, rope that uh, has got uh, lots of knots in it. And, yeah, like, um, like you might have uh, in um, the apparatus in. In school, oh, or, or at a sex party. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, my hands stink of shit now. <laughs> so it's like a knotted rope that I've managed to climb all the way up. And there was a log at the. I think it was a log. Oh no! Oh no! Oh. Are we in the right tree yet? <laughs> oh no! All right. What well, so how, how have you got into the tree? I've got um, a rope ladder. Yeah, and I'm the trad one, am I? <laughs> I'm the one that's pushing the boundaries of what's acceptable to do at you know a, uh, a Tupperware party. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. And we're in we're in the clubhouse, and of course, guys, there's room in the clubhouse for you. Uh, we we here at the John Carpenter Appreciation Society, or the JCAS. JCAS. <laughs> so Paul McCartney is here. Paul, Paul McCartney. Hey guys. Hey. hey. Just, uh, I'm one of the JCAS. <laughs> cool. JCAS Mondays, man. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. 
Hey, JCAS. This is Paul McCartney, and you're listening to the JCAS. Thanks, Paul, for that. That he's recorded that for us. I've just farted. <laughs> Thanks, Ringo. <laughs> Got some celebrity endorsements here from when the time when Paul McCartney was on the podcast, but that was when a machine wasn't working, so we can't put that we on. Can't put that one out. But a bit was a good one. We we did still keep the jingles he recorded. For yeah, us. it was really good for that. Um, yeah. uh, thanks, Macca. Yeah, thanks, Macca. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> is this a pod? Yes, it's a podcast. Um, so, so right. So, uh, uh, yeah. Well, that's what we are. That's and we've met in the clubhouse. And and that, what have um, what have you been? <laughs> if you we so the last one we recorded was way back in May, mm-hmm. and it was meant to be uh, in celebration of uh, the thing. Uh, turning 40 yeah. it may have been june may have been july we'll we'll find out it was definitely sometime within the 40th anniversary year of the thing. yeah we'll find out exactly what date that was at some point before we release like the third or the fourth episode yes. and then we'll, we'll keep you so if you if you're a fan of dates keep listening and we'll keep you all updated <laughs> on that um uh and the the idea is that we'll do one every week <laughs> but nat is busy um <laughs> So how have, how have you been, Nat? I've been all right. I took a, I took a week off. I've taken a week off, but I didn't have anything to do. I was basically sitting in a lot waiting for someone to come in and fix uh, the roof uh, ceiling in my room, and they still haven't come. So I basically spent a week off being a bit frustrated, but it's very nice to have a week off. Uh, went to see a bunch of uh, oh, new sorry. I do find it almost impossible to concentrate on people talking about just stuff can you just keep it limited to films <laughs> what hang on. you had a week off and week you off. ended up being in your own flat annoyed well i was like i was just waiting i was trying to get someone in to fix like the guttering and i don't think it is a guttering but have a look at my ceiling and see why i've got some water coming in mm. so that's what it was and it was like you know it's a rainy week and they can't commit to days so I was constantly yeah. waiting for him to basically say, uh-huh. "No, okay. can't come today." Yeah, that is, it's not. I mean, you wouldn't even tell me that in real life. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, this he has been busy. <laughs> but, oh, oh, that's. There is always like that doubt in your head. Do I want to hear the answer? You know, but ask your friends how they're doing. <laughs> always, always ask them. Um, well, um, we, I told you to bank that thing, didn't I? Because we were talking about it. I tell you what, I've been on tour, and when I was in Bristol, mm-hmm. I lost my bank card. Yeah, and um, and so. Uh, don't get excited, Bristolians. It was in my hotel, um, and I, I, le- I left and uh, left my bank card behind. So I cancelled my bank card, uh, and I didn't have a bank card for about because I was out and about, and I ordered a new one, and I wasn't in when they. I wasn't. I wasn't at home. I was away on tour. So I kept. You know, the way a tour works is um, you go away. If you're if you're near enough home, you just go to the gig and yeah. come home, because people think that you're out on a bus for like months yeah, on end, yeah. and you're not. You're 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 in your home, you're in your flat, and then you go off to do the gig. Sure. But if you've got like a bunch of them that are all near each other, like York and uh, Manchester and and Liverpool, if they're all kind of like near each other, the idea is that you do them. Although I went through Leeds five times on my tour uh, over the entire breadth of the tour. Uh, and I think we did, I did York and then I went down and did Brighton and then I had to go back up and do like Manchester and Liverpool. But um, so, so you kind of like tend to be gigging from Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Some, and sometimes you'll gig from Thursday to Sunday and sometimes it'll be random gigs like a Monday and then three days off and then a Thursday and a Friday. Anyway, I ordered a new bank card and it didn't come. So I ended up having like two, three weeks where I didn't have a bank card, which was fine because I was kind of like being driven everywhere, all of like, you know, um, 
uh, my tour manager was like paying for all the food and everything, and it was fine. Uh, I have since uh, found my bank card in a pocket <laughs> that I never go in, but that doesn't a matter. Pocket that you never go. Yeah, in. that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. But I have since. What do you mean? Like, well, I, 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 I must never have gone in it, right? Right. I've just done this thing where I've taken all of my clothes in my flat and I've sure. put them in a big pile and I've washed them and yeah. then I've gotten rid of the stuff sure. that I don't want, right? And there was a pair of trousers that I'm pretty sure that I was wearing the entire time I was on tour um, and I went to wash them and I found the fucking bank card <laughs> in it. And it's just like, well, I went for so three weeks. So just in your pocket then? Yeah, I had right. three weeks. But the benefit of cancelling your bank card for uh-huh. almost a month is that all of the extra streaming services that I've signed up for that I can't remember and kind of like um, like a diet app that I've got on my phone yeah. that, you know, I, I, I don't know what I've signed up for, but I just know that everyone is fleecing me every yeah, month. Yeah. And because I lost my bank card, I cancelled my bank card, and then, you know, you have all these emails. It was so satisfying. It would be like, oh... Uh, uh, the BFI want to know why you haven't paid your subscription, and they go, "Well, you haven't, you haven't got a subscription." And I was just like, "This is brilliant." Although the BFI is probably the worst one because I, I it's I, a good one. It's a good one, so it's not that. And also, I was going to say Shudder, but I like Shudder. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all of my uh, subscriptions that I've done, they've all kind How of cancelled. Have, have you got loads of them? Amazon is a fucker because basically, yeah. Amazon have about. A tenth of what you think they've got, and then everything else is you've got to subscribe for it. Yeah, and um, so yeah, and also it's that one of them things is I'll subscribe to that and I'll cancel it within the week, or yes. and you never do, and um, and that's how it is. Yeah. I don't have Netflix now. I might get it again if there's something on it I want to watch, but I've only really got Amazon now because it's got. I watch films in that I I know what I want to watch, so I'll look for that film. And if it's on there, most things are, I'll just pay for it. I'll pay whatever it is, two forty nine or three forty nine to watch a film. Sure. And that's that seems to me perfectly reasonable. It's it's basically the same price as I would have paid in the nineties to get a video out. So your way of doing it is to go old school and just rent it bit by bit. Yeah. I fancy watching this. If that's on there, sometimes I fancy watching it. It's on there for free. Do you, you go bingo? Do you know what you want before you even get involved with the remote control? Yeah. Wow. God. I know what. I just think, uh, like, a thing will pop up, and I'll just. I'm entirely like driven by my own muse of what I fancy watching. Oh, okay, that's a lofty way of saying. <laughs> Yeah? <laughs> no, no, no! I'm a great guy. <laughs> I'm like a po- imagine. I'm like a poet, a, Bi- a Byronic poet. Yeah, all right. Who likes watching? Speaking rock of Bi- Byronic poets, uh, it's time to say hello to our resident robot, JC3000. How are you doing, JC3000? I am fine. Oh yeah, he's all right. He's good. I forgot about JC3000, even though he's right next to us. He's right next to us. How could you forget about him? He's <laughs> everyone's favourite, everyone's favourite member of the JCAS. Um, uh, sure. Okay. Well, because what I do is my approach to streaming is I don't know what I want to watch, and um, I'll know that it'll be kind of like maybe a genre. Yeah. Um, but. Um, for those of you listening at home, uh, Nathaniel is screwing and unscrewing a water bottle right next to the microphone, uh, just so just so you all know. And that's him putting... Maybe headphones would be... Never mind. Anyway, so... <laughs> um, oh, I feel like I'm a real hard taskmaster today, but... It, don't you, you, you can gotta unscrew it away from the microphone. Maybe leave the lid off. That's what I think he's doing this time. Do, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's done it. Okay, good. Um, uh, we should probably have a slightly less, uh, yeah, less less noisy table as well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there in the end. We'll I'm just, the end. Remember that episode of the last show that um, I ate bacon down the <laughs> microphone for an entire episode. And the um, upset John Robbins. John Robbins was furious. Yeah, yeah I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, oh God. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we're doing our best. Um, yeah. 
you're, you've gone quiet. Sorry, you're, you're, you're on your own. Yeah, all right, okay, oh, thanks. thanks, JC3000. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, so my approach to it is kind of like um, the first thing that I think looks vaguely watchable, I'll just click on. Yeah, I find that chaotic. I can't. No, 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 that's the opposite of chaotic. It's like it is, it, everything's chaos. Right. And there's too much to choose from. So instead of um, scrolling for hours, yeah. I, don't, I don't do that. I give myself a time limit okay. and I'll pick kind of like a row and then I'll go through the row and then I'll be like, no, I'll watch that one. And as a result, because um, we did that thing, well, we did slightly different things. I said that what we should do is on the Instagram account, follow us on Instagram, in the JCAS on Instagram. <laughs> and I think it's the JCAS on Twitter. And if it isn't, something like that. Fact checker. Um, we don't need a fact checker to uh, check what our own Instagram <laughs> account is. No. That's not what a fact checker is. I'll tell you is. what I do know, our email address. Uh, uh, well, I think that's the JC3000. Uh, what's, the, what's, the, um, what's the email address? I'm, I'm halfway through a story here. So let's do... <laughs> this is, you're talking about chaos... This is chaos, Nathaniel. Okay. Here you are with your sound effects uh, unit that you fo- <laughs> with your foley kit that you brought with you, uh, mainly just water bottles that he specialises in. Mainly, so, yeah. Um, my approach is literally I, I don't give myself long and then I just pick something. Mm-hmm. So all the way through October, because it's the the month of uh, Halloween, I I tend to want to watch sort of like scary films around this time of year. Yeah. Anyway. Um. But not just in October. No, I thought that. In During the, Halloween, I was going, I'm not really watching anything different than I probably would do a lot of the time. Yeah, I'm, uh, it, but it was, it was... Anyway, so I said what we should do is on the Instagram account, we should post every day yeah. our top 31 horror films. Because yeah. I made a list of my top 31... Um, I made a list of my top 10 horror films, which ballooned to 46. Right. And uh, then I was like, well, if I could just get rid of 15, yeah. then I've got 31. And I was just like, well, this will be a good thing for us to do, to sort of like interact with our, with our non-existing audience because we don't have a podcast. <laughs> or you do have a podcast, we just never release it. Um, but I thought, right, I'll, I'll, if, if Nat releases like, um, like what his favourite horror, his 31 favourite horror films, and I do it, then we can do like a compare and contrast. Yeah. But I went on tour and... I couldn't be bothered, but Nat <laughs> Nat did it, and, yeah, did. Uh, and that was that was that was really good. Like every every couple of days, I'd check in to see if you'd done it, and yeah. you had. Yeah. Um, uh, I did uh, a horror film a day. <clears throat> Still happening. Which um, which was meant to be kind of I'm going to watch a horror film a day for the entirety of October. And um and then I I just I don't want to get too like bogged down in like reviews and stuff. Because I don't want to be a reviewer. Yeah. But I do love films, and I try and be enthusiastic about them without being too critical. Some things are just shit, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah, man. so I, I ended up trying to watch a horror film a day, but I couldn't because I was on tour. So I ended up... I got to about 25, I think, and then... Um, and I'm still going to get to 31, but I just haven't had time to watch stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so we did separate things... Why am I saying this? So I ended up watching a whole bunch of horror films that I'd literally just never seen before. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I, I thought that was quite um, interesting because I think some of the things, um, and we can go into this after we do our fan mail, I suppose, but, like, but some of the things um, would be like just stuff I've never heard of. And thought, oh, that looks all right. And some of the things were stuff that I've heard of, but I just never got around to. Like, I watched that Grace Jones film, Vamp. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've sort of, like, in my head, I've built it up to be a thing. Like, right, it's going to be quite... I thought it was going to be really dark, and it was, like, um, sort of... Because Grace Jones is quite avant-garde, so I thought it was going to be, like, an avant-garde, artistic, experimental... Maybe sort of like in the same kind of... A cross between something like Fright Night Mm -hmm. and The Hunger. Exactly what I was thinking. I haven't seen Vamp since I was 
maybe about 10, and I just would have watched any horror film that was on t- TV. Mm. And the one scene that stuck in my head is, I think I'm right in saying this, you can say if I'm wrong, there's a bit where Grace Jones is a vampire, slashes her own wrist and drinks her own blood. <sighs> I can't remember that. Okay, know. well, maybe that happens, maybe it does But very much, exactly, I was thinking of it like The Hunger... It's very early Tony Scott, a bit kind of adverty and ad, like arty, but like a sort of 80s commercial yeah. kind of looking thing. But um, like glossy yes. and expensive and sophisticated, yes. like a Grace Jones music video, yes. but with kind of like um, uh, like an accessibility, like a Fright Night. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was... It was rubbish. Right. It was like I, I was I was sort of like shocked by how bad it was. Um and uh and and it's really misogynistic and I and I I know that globally everyone's kind of like um uh view on stuff is sort of like skewed differently now mm-hmm. so there's stuff that you could that, that was being made even like five years ago yeah and when you watch it with with 2022 eyes you kind of like go well that's about you know that's out of order and and you know we've just sort of like been trained to think differently the last mm. few years and so 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 i'm not like just saying it because um because of modern sensibilities i just found it like the whole thing was just like ugly it was just like and it's a teen it's an 80s teen comedy but not a good one so it's not of like the same league as a john hughes which is what it's aiming to be right um and it's not as sort of like this i think the benchmark for horror comedies teen teen horror comedies um i would say fright night is just one of the best i think uh, Fright Night, Lost Boys, but Lost Boys do two different things, yes. I think. Um, Fright Night is more like a John Hughes kind of film, and Lost Boys is sort of, I don't know, it's got like a bit more of an edge to it. Yeah, but it does sort of fit in with that world still. It definitely feels like it's part of that same kind of quite glossy... Yeah, and John Hughes is probably <laughs> quite a good reference point, and I guess it, it helps that it sort of shares some of the cast with those kind of teen movies it does uh, but um yeah it was just so it was it was like really sexist and because it's about a strip club it's about some teenage boys that go to a strip club and you know everyone's just um it's sort of yeah i, I just didn't i didn't like the tone of it but then also the jokes didn't work and the cast were quite unlikable and then when Je- Grace Jones does turn up, she does like this fucking absolutely bonkers dance routine that um, is just it's it's mental. But it's sort of like a cutscene from Flashdance. But it's 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 interesting, and you can see that she obviously brought like some artistic integrity to it. But it's it, the the film doesn't really support that. It's just it ended up being what I found watching these films that I'd never seen was that I think the reason I've never seen them is because they're not particularly good. Yeah. And people haven't... Like, even something that I've, I know of, like Vamp, which I've sort of, like, known about my entire... For the entire existence of the film. Like, yeah. I probably remember it coming out in the cinema. But, like, even something like that that's almost been with me my whole life, no-one's ever recommended it to me. Yes. No-one's ever said, you should watch that. And it's come out on kind of like uh, a Eureka or... Um, Arrow. Or like or an Arrow release. And I've seen it in FOP. And I've kind of gone, oh, yeah, I'd like to watch that because I've heard of that. Yeah. But no-one has ever recommended it to me. And now no. I've finally seen it. It's kind of like, oh, it's not, it's not a good film. This is probably 80% of the films I watch now are films that I kind of am aware of. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because I'm just almost like ticking off all the films I saw on a poster on the underground when I was too young to see them. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I've got to see this. And that's probably a lot of what I watch. Yeah. Yeah. And it fills in a gap, and that's good. You've still done something, which, uh, I mean, I was about to say that it's a good thing to have done, but in a way, you needn't have done it. But you're certainly doing what I would do. It feels like you're ticking off yeah, a ticking list off of a stuff. List of stuff. 
Well, I think you've got the same problem that I've got, is that um, I want to see every single film that's ever been made. <laughs> that's, the, that's the idea. And um, and I'll go genre, genre by genre, and it's quite nice to go like, oh, I'll just watch a bunch of horror films that I've never seen before during October mm-hmm. and call it a project. But really, it's the unfinished project that will never be finished <laughs> because I won't, be, I won't really be happy until I've seen every single film that's yeah, ever been yeah. made. Maybe there's a way that we could organise ourselves. But I am, I am probably more interested in doing that than I am even like a lot of contemporary films. I'm much more likely to go, oh yeah, from this kind of era, from this date to this date, that's what I'm kind of interested in. And maybe 30 years from now, I'll be looking back at the 2020s and going, oh yeah, this is, this is the stuff. I don't know whether I'll always be obsessed with stuff from, I don't know, the, the 60s to the 80s more. 60s to 90s, probably. Yeah. That might still be my era. Um, sure. What's... Sorry, I'm doing... A, I mean, Turned you can literally say that I'm trying to do the thing. And rather than Phil, you've watched me pick my phone up and try and find the questions for the next section. And yeah. you've just, you've just like, watched me do it in silence. <laughs> I, this is unbelievable, Nat. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, I was uh, this week. I watched. Oh, it's too late. I found what we're. <laughs> no, go on. No, I was we're not. Are we on that bit yet? Well, I was going to say I watched this week uh, the film Roxanne, Steve Martin film. Yes, and I haven't seen it in years, and I'm constantly being like, I really must watch that again. I watched it this week, and it's one of those films that when you watch it, you realise you know every scene of it and you go god i must have seen this so many times when i was a kid and had it on video and i was struck by uh that at that time i remember at nine when it when i how old i would have been when it came out i was already such a big steve martin fan and i think the people who are a bit younger than me all seem to be like really into like jim carrey and you go oh no for me i like steve martin films yeah and i'd watched loads of them on video and I think Roxanne was like a PG and I remember being excited when it came out that there was one coming out of the cinema that I'd want to watch and I and I it sits with me I haven't seen it in years but it sits with me as this film that's like such a great movie such a great movie and I watched it again and I was like it is okay oh really it's okay at best I feel like I've watched it in the last two years and I really I think I've enjoyed it more recently Oh, really? Yeah, because, um, like you, or like growing up at the video shop, I was a huge Steve Martin fan, and I'd watch everything that he did. And it, I don't think it's like... There's no coincidence that probably my favourite Steve Martin films was um, uh, Three Amigos, Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I liked Man With Two Brains... And, um, oh, and I like The Jerk, right? But I liked Men With Two Brains and I liked Roxanne. But they're basically sex comedies. Yeah. That when you're little, you just have kind of like, your brain is kind of like, feels uncomfortable processing it. Well, I, I don't even think I acknowledged it. Watching this, you go, oh, it's quite, for a film that I was like, finally, a Steve Martin film for kids. <laughs> it's a PG. Yeah. <laughs> when you watch it, you go... Oh, it's really not aimed at kids. This film. It yeah. just happens to have got in under the wire. I was fuck. I was, however, I was ten watching L.A. Story, and it's just like, <laughs> what? This isn't made for you. Do you know what I mean? It's but like, also loved it. Yeah, like, absolutely, absolutely loved. It. Absolutely loved it. But um, but like seventy five percent of it was going right over my head. Yeah, I was realizing this the other day. Going, oh, I don't think. Like I must. I sort of acknowledged it, but I don't think I was getting the full experience of it yeah i was like oh right okay i felt like the problem with it is i liked i like steve martin and i would say to my taste he was the sort of comedian of choice and the thing with roxanne at the end of it i went it feels like and this sounds like a criticism and i don't mean it to it felt to me like a robin williams film rather than a steve martin film and I think Robin Williams films are films that are just designed that for him to showcase essentially his stand-up yes. in a film. Yes. And the thing with Steve Martin is 
I, like I liked him as a kid and I like him now and you know I watch Only Murders in the oh, building yeah, and I love it about Only Murders, I yes. love it so like in my mind it's like oh Steve Martin is evergreen he's like I, I still love it I've always loved it when I was a kid and it felt like Roxanne was this thing haven't seen it in years really want to revisit it and when I did it was like oh it's just got these bits where like the bit where he's doing the, the jokes the jokes it feels like those aren't the sort of jokes that you'd come up with exactly. off the top of your head exactly they feel scripted and it's not like you know Robin Williams would have been it would have been a supercut of um you know every single joke that he could have thought of within they'd have given him an, an hour or yeah. 20 minutes and he'd have just riffed on it and then they'd have done a supercut of yes. it and then they'd gone there you go but with this one it's very scripted and yeah. he's and yeah i think that there is a bit of that but i also think that it was the beginning of steve martin um like becoming a grown-up and yeah um i'm not sure if the script was uh was oscar nominated but it was for Roxanne. Yeah, oh, maybe it was. It was. It was definitely one where he was like, um, um, he he he'd read Serrano de Bergerac or he'd seen the play and he'd gone. I, I want to do an update. So there was like lofty pretensions involved in that. Yeah, like, I want to do something that's kind of um, grown up and intellectual. And I think he sort of saw himself as kind of like um, the. Never Eat Shredded Wheat, the West Coast Woody Allen, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think Albert Brooks kind of wanted to be as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was sort of like the beginning of that. So he did Roxanne and then he did L.A. Story. L.A. Story is fully, which fully is his in the magnum thing. opus, right? That's like, Yeah, that's him. That's him on roller skates going through an art gallery. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> no, he's 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 nailed it. And he's point. having he's having conversations with traffic signs. Yeah, and it, it's who does the music for it? It's is it oh, the same guy? Know. Is it Vangelis? It might be. Yeah, it's the same. It feels like it's the same guy that does the music for Witness, and um, it's like it's. I think L.A. Story is, be- but I haven't seen it. <laughs> exactly. I was about to say exactly the same thing. It was Peter Rogers Melnick. Thank you, JC three thousand. Or it was Peter. Rogers Melnick. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> JC3000. Yeah, good thanking him before he sold you. Yeah, yeah it was good. It was good. <laughs> Come out in the edit. Uh, I'm not editing this. Um, so... <laughs> no, but you're right. I haven't. I also haven't seen LA Story in years, but my memory... That's it. My memory of Roxanne is so pure. But you want to know the difference between comedians, and you go, yeah. there's LA Story where... Uh, where Steve Martin plays a uh, weatherman. Yes. And then you have... Uh, Groundhog Day, where Bill Murray plays a weatherman, and <laughs> it's almost got like the same start, where yeah. they're kind of doing a doing a bit with the with the green screen or the blue screen, and uh, um, what is it in LA Story? There's a mag, it's magnetized, and yes. his watch gets stuck on. The, he's like the wacky weatherman, and then in Groundhog Day, obviously, he's like a miserable. But it was also interesting that I thought of it like Roxanne. It's such a movie that you go, it's a Steve Martin movie. And how in the 80s, the stars were right back on top. Yeah. It wasn't a director's medium anymore. Like, it was like, oh, who did Roxanne? And you go, oh, it's that guy, Fred Shepsey. <laughs> and you go, it doesn't matter. Right. doesn't matter. This is a Steve Martin movie in the same way that an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie is an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, but you know when James Cameron's done. Oh, yeah, you know when, yeah, you can, yeah. But it's almost because, like... Because, you know... But same with the thingy, you know when it's a Carl Reiner one. Right. But this is like... When you watch it, it's almost like this needs another element. Do you know what I mean? It needs to have someone else. This feels like it's basically like Steve Martin is probably like basically made this and he's calling the shots. I don't know. I think I've I just had a different experience with it. I think that I appreciated uh, the fact that Daryl Hannah was in a film mm-hmm. and she's great in it. Yeah. Um, I really love uh, the fire crew. Yeah. Um, I do, yeah. I think, the, I think again, I think the bit when he knows that there's a fire and he sniffs it out with his nose, I think that's beautiful, that whole sequence. I, li- I, I like Roxanne. I think it's great. But um, I, think I, I, pre- I, I think I enjoy it more now that I'm an adult than when I was a child, which always made me feel slightly uncomfortable. I think it's like... A, um like almost what I've done is I have made that film the best version of that film in my memory. And when you watch it, you're going, ah, it 
could be a bit like, like, like you're right the cast is great it's really nice to have like Shelley Duval in it who's really good in it in that way that she's such a sort of supporting character really that it almost feels like it's weird that she's a big name to yeah. be like you know Daryl Hannah's mate <laughs> and, was she was she a big name but you know this is post The Shining it's post yes, but she she was she won uh, the Golden Raspberry Award for best for worst actress for The Shining yeah, but that's unfair, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm not saying that it's oh, not. Yeah. I, I, like, I think she's incredible in yeah. The Shining. I think what she went through in The Shining is despicable, yeah, yeah. and it's all, you know we can get into all of that, right? But I, I, I'm not saying that this is what I think of Shelley Duvall, but I'm saying that The Shining has become a classic over the years. Yeah, yeah. But when it was first released, people thought it was shit. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't think Shelley Duvall would have done The Shining and come off of that. With, and like, then yeah. seven years later, made Roxanne and be like, "Oh, there she is, the big star from The Shining." Yeah, maybe that's. I don't think. I think she wasn't. The casting right is great. Michael J. Pollard is brilliant. Who's that? The guy who's basically Chris. set himself on fire. Oh, no, right. is that Rick? Is he called Rick Rossovich? See the guy. Is he also in Top Gun? Isn't he the guy who's the the kind of good looking yeah, handsome right. guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Daryl. The cast is great. Actually, you're almost convincing me now that maybe I do. There's a lot. You know, there's a lot to like about it. I, I just went into it with this kind of, like, and I saw, I think partly there must have been a thing in my mind that the reason I haven't watched it in maybe 20 years or something is because there's a bit of me going, don't watch it. Keep it in your head as this sort of perfect little object. I think maybe what you're saying is that it isn't a showcase for Steve Martin. Well, that's it. I don't think it should be. It's a... It's a yeah, it feels if like it, it, it feels like a, it feels like a Robin Williams. But if, if if it was Mrs. Doubtfire, it yeah. would have been Robin Williams yeah. uh, throwing the script out and then trampling over every single scene, and it would have been like this huge. You know, it would have been a Robin. You know, but because it's Steve Martin, it's, it's all scripted. It's all meticulously yeah. planned and detailed, and that's mm-hmm. really what Steve Martin yes. was. He was a planner, and um, and he was meticulous with it. And and I think that. That when you say you're looking for that other element, it's an ensemble piece, yeah. and he's kind of the lead of an ensemble. Yeah, but um, but it's not like a one man show like a Mrs. Doubtfire, where you need. We're only in retrospect. You go kind of is that Pierce Brosnan? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like it doesn't really matter who else is in exactly. Mrs. Doubtfire, although you know, great cast again, but but they're there to support, you know, um, Robin Williams, whereas. I feel like, I feel like, people get a, a, a spotlight in um, in Roxanne. You're right. So, well, is, well, the cast. So I've won that one. I won. <laughs> no, actually, the... I, have, I haven't seen it. I'll probably hate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, as you're talking, you're making me go. Oh yeah, Michael J. Pollard is the guy who's you know in the he's in the fire station with him. Who, which one's Michael J. Pollard? Michael J. Pollard, Pollard the guy who's, yeah, he's the guy who's also in Scrooge. Yeah, right. He's a really, you know, you just go, he's brilliant. what a sweet... He's one of those actors you just go, what a sweet man. Yeah, yeah, he's great. <laughs> and he's just doing these little comic bits. That he's, he's a very lovable actor from the period. Um, right, so I'm going to have to move us on. Um, <laughs> uh, so we're going to do fan mail now. Uh, have you got the fan mail, uh, JC3000? He's nodding. So uh, we've got the fan mail. Can you bring it up on your just, computer screen and the pr- belly? Do, can you just print it out in the old, uh, in the old, uh, what is it, a BBC computer? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, see, the, see the green paper coming out? I can see the, it. With the holes down each side. Yeah, that's what I'm perfect. seeing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It does take a while, doesn't it? No, it's still going. Still coming. <laughs> no, that'll do for now. <laughs> oh, it's just the one question this week. So, um, uh, no, we've got we've got ten we've got ten questions. Ten questions. Um, okay, so um, so thank you for uh, thank you for sending in uh, the fan mail. Uh, keep it coming in. If you want to send us fan mail, it's to Nick and Nat J C A S at gmail dot com. That's N I C K A N D N A T J C A S at symbol G M A I L full stop C O M. That's Nick and Nat's uh, 
No, you're adding an no, S. I You've done that S. every single Nick time. And I've Nat, spelt it. J C A S at gmail.com. And to avoid confusion, that's N I C K A N D. Not an ampersand. Not an ampersand. N A T J C A S, which stands for John Combs Appreciation Society. Uh, at at sign, not that is a sign. Not don't write at a t, right? A at sign G- Gmail, which is G M A I L dot com, not co dot uk, which is C O M. And not Google Mail. Not Google Mail. Might I've, do the same thing. I've been. Let you can try believe. that. Try it. But I'd say I'd say what you need to do is we may not do get it, back to you. Do it with. Maybe CC in Google Mail, which is N-I-C-K-A-N-D-N-A-T-J-C-A-S at G-O-O-G-L-E-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. You can CC that in. We send it to both, but CC in Google Mail. But Gmail, I think Gmail is your preference. CC, BCC, your choice. Um, Google Mail, which is G-O-O-G-L-E-M-A-I-L dot com. I don't think that could be clearer. And if you want to know more about Google, um, uh, just uh, type it into your search engine. Ask Jeeves. And it'll come up with all sorts of answers. Type Google into your Ask Jeeves and see what comes up. Um, Yeah. A. S-K-J-E-E-V-E-S dot com, maybe co.uk. Try them both. CC us in. CO.uk. CC if we get back in contact with you. Yeah. Um, Anyways, we have run out of time for fan mouth this week. (laughs) So, um, okay. So, uh, really, I'm too old for this. Uh, Asks us, uh, Gremlins is a Christmas movie, yes or no? Yes. Yes. It's at Christmas. Okay. Uh, Becky Lawrence, these are all off Instagram, but, um, but you know, um, obviously use the, uh, the, the the email address now that we've given it to you. Yeah. Um, which was uh, Nick and Nat, JCAS at gmail.com. N I C K A N T N A T J C A S at symbol gmail. That's like the A with a circle around it. Why, Becky Lawrence wants to know, why do you think there's been a rise in popularity of binging a series season on a TV show whilst at the same time a film can feel too long to watch in one sitting? This seems to me, Becky, like um, like you're you're posing this question like it's an epidemic. But in actual fact, it seems like it's something that is very specifically you... (laughs) And me, actually. No, I think it probably is a thing, to be fair, on Becky Lawrence. What I'll say, Becky, is that um, uh, when we've just talked about streaming, but what I would say is that um, I'm more inclined to watch a film that I've never seen before than a film that I have seen before. Mm-hmm. Whereas I would go to the... Vi- and I, I, I don't think it's just a, a thing about selection and choice. It's like, I guess maybe it's about being older and more adventurous, but... I I rarely rewatch films anymore. Yeah, I think with me, what I've done is I have now fully doubled down on watching films to the point where I'm very rarely watching any of the big TV series that are in part of the conversation. What instead, what I watch are films that no one else has seen apart from Nick um, from. 20 or 30 years ago that I can only really talk to Nick about and I've removed myself from the cultural conversation about euphoria or or Better Call Saul or everyone else is talking about and forming a community with themselves that they all like each other, all friends and they're all chatting about some big thing that's in the culture. What I've done is I've removed myself from that conversation and prefer to talk about uh, a film that came out 30 years ago that Nick is the only other person I can talk to about. Yeah, I've burnt all of my bridges and now all I've got is this shitty smelling rope and that's <laughs> that's it. Um, I'd, I'd, like, my favourite thing to do is to watch like um, a 1970s BBC TV ghost story <laughs> and, uh, and be like, 
oh, I bet Nat's seen it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll message him at like two in the morning and be like, have you seen All That's Missing Is The Sea? And he'll be like, yes. Or he'll be like, no. Uh, where did you find that? And then I watched watch that it. afterwards. Did you watch? Yeah, what was yeah. it called? What was it called? It was called, was it called and, well, it was something like that, And the Sand and the Sea or something. It was brilliant, right? It was not brilliant. But it was, <laughs> it was interesting. Right. Written by, written and, was it written and directed by Gordon Honeycomb, the 80s newsreader? Wow. Yeah, that's I, something. Well, I did not know that. Um, I thought that that was great. It was interesting. Right. Okay, my medication hits me differently every day. <laughs> but um, I really, I thought that this is exactly the sort of thing that Nat... Oh, would, it's exactly you know, the kind of thing that I would watch. I thought the tone of it was just real spooky. Yeah, it um, was quite odd. I, uh, I, hang on a minute. <laughs> is this going to be one of those things where I win you over again? No, what, it's odd. What is it called? It's called... Near the microphone, my friend. It's called... <laughs> Neither the sea nor the sand. Thanks, JC3000. Neither the sea, neither the sea nor the sand. It was Gordon Honeycomb. I knew it was JC3000. You didn't have to tell me. Amazing, amazing. Um, uh, he died on the 9th of October 2015. Keep JC3000. Don't know light. why he told me this. Didn't okay. Ask. So why do you think there's been a rise in popularity in binging series? Um, Because I suppose you uh, could just watch uh, either a half-hour episode or an hour episode, or you could watch Mm. all of them in one go. People like long-form storytelling. I'm I'm watching that David Tennant thing at the moment, and um, I think it's it's flawed, but I can't deny that every time I'm not watching it, I'm thinking, I wonder what she's doing in that cellar. Oh, that thing! I saw that thing. I forgot what it's called immediately. Uh, the Inside Man. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It's very clever, clever. It, it's like two series that have been welded together, yeah. and I like one of them more than the it's other. It's by Stephen Moffat, who's one of the guys who did Sherlock, and have basically made Stanley Tucci Sherlock Holmes in prison. Mm. He's, he knows everything, so it's a bit like it's a bit like a more grisly Jonathan Creek. Yeah. Um, and when I when that clicked in my head, like halfway through the first episode, I was like, "Is this what it is?" It was like, "Oh right, it's like Han- it's like um, a, a, a friendlier Hannibal Lecter." Yeah, I liked it. Um, yeah, I, liked I, 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 I when I'm not watching it, I'm thinking about it, and uh, it's only four episodes. And Dolly Wells is in it. She played my wife oh, in yeah. uh, Love Spreads, and uh, she's brilliant. Um, so I don't know, I don't know, oh, but yeah, I'm like you. I've doubled down. People say, "What TV suit?" and I say, "I, uh, I like films." And they say, "Oh, I don't like long form storytelling." Uh, and I say, "Well, it, it's not a film. Isn't long form storytelling no. anymore? It's over in an hour and a half to two hours." What you're watching is more long form. What you're watching is eight hours of nine series that are all eight hours. Each. You're a fucking idiot. I can't bear it if, if I have to watch lots. I'm not going to ever watch Westworld. Do you know why? Because I've seen Westworld. It's brilliant. It is brilliant. Fucking. But what we also have seen is because you let me it. Future is World. West, yeah, <laughs> and the Westworld the, TV. The series. Westworld TV series that I watched all of and ended up going. That was rubbish. The Westworld, the Westworld TV series <laughs> from the seventies. Yeah, I mean that's I've what watched, we watch. We, I, I, that's a TV we watch. I can't believe that like everyone's going mental for this new for the Westworld TV series. What the Westworld TV series from the seventies? Where one week it's an American football player and one week it's a pop star. And who's the robot this week? Fucking hell. Okay. Dear the GC, this is Puppet Cinema. Oh, good friends. Oh, the pub- yeah. Puppet Cinema. Friends of the um, show. Dear the JCS, JCAS, we love your work. What examples of films are there where you loved the pitch concept but it didn't live up to expectations? Oh, that is a good question. Um, the Sylvester Stallone film, The Samaritan. Uh, so that's Sylvester Stallone as a superhero. Oh, is it? So he's trying to catch. When in I on was that. at school, I uh, in art, I wrote a uh, superhero comic book and illustrated it, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, did all that stuff. And there was a really amazing picture of nineties Sylvester Stallone wearing a gold leather jacket and aviator shades, and I cut it out and I stuck it in my art book, and I was just like. He looks like a superhero. Yes. He looks absolutely incredible. And it's taken him all this time. You know, there was a bit of like, oh, he's in Guardians of the Galaxy too. Um, but it's taken him all this time to play like, a, well, I guess Judge Dredd doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, God, the Samaritan is 
I don't think I could do it. It's awful. There's a twist that basically they're so unsubtle about in the opening uh, two minutes that you spend the whole film going, well, that can't be the twist, right? Because it's so obvious what it is. And, yeah, it's the twist. And the whole way... But it's like every single scene is like... It's not like The Sixth Sense, like, when you re-watch it. It's like, oh, wow, it does all work. It's like all the way through it, you're going, they're being so heavy-handed that that's the twist, that it can't be the twist. And then it is the twist, and it's like, it's it's absolutely bonkers. Um, I'm just trying to find a question that I actually want to answer. What are some films that one of you loves but the other hates? Roxanne. Um, I think that brings us on to uh, why we're all here today to talk talk about. um, uh, Oh, yeah. So uh, John Carpenter uh, obviously directed, uh, and we've done it, we've got 10 minutes now to talk about the thing that we wanted to talk about. Right. Okay. So John Carpenter um, uh, made the film Halloween in 1978. Correct. Yeah. And uh, this year sees the conclusion of mm-hmm. the Laurie Strode saga. Yeah. Uh, the second conclusion of the Laurie Strode saga. The third... If you... If you oh, so how is it? So there's so many timelines now. So the way <laughs> so the way it works out, for if you haven't worked it out for yourselves, uh, don't worry, I'm here to simplify it all for you. You have the original 1978 film Halloween, followed by... I've got a... Fr- no. When I went to university... There was a guy at the university who was really proud of this fact. He said, uh, not only is Halloween H2O set 20 years after the original Halloween, (laughs) but it is also the 20th Halloween film. And I said, no, it's not. (laughs) And he said, it is. And I said, no, it's the seventh. And he said, oh, yeah, but I'm including the Pumpkinhead films. I said, well, no one else is. (laughs) That's a completely different franchise. Uh, His name is Adam, and uh, uh, I don't think I ever saw him again. He sort of like like faded faded away. Like, uh, it's like... Why are you lying? I love that though. I love that. It was like that's the kind of thing your brain does when you're a kid. You've made a connection into with some other thing that isn't connected to it. At it, was, all. it was, but it was like when I was at school, there was a kid that said, uh, "I've seen the third Batman film, yeah. and it's got yeah. it's got Robin Williams in it as the Riddler." You know, how'd you do that? Well, I was in a time machine and I got a video <laughs> from the future. You got a video from the future. You, you got a time machine. You went into the future, and the only thing you did was you watched. <laughs> the third Batman film called Batman 3, was it? Starring Robin <laughs> Williams as the Riddler. Uh, okay, cool. And then, you know... Uh, yeah, at that time, I, information gonna, was gonna... so light on its feet that you couldn't... You wouldn't... You couldn't disprove it. You, could, you, you just... couldn't... Dis- you couldn't say that, that is definitely nonsense. I'm if gonna... someone had been on holiday to America, they'd come back and tell you they've seen any film that doesn't exist. I'm going to prove you're wrong by playing the waiting game, my friend. <laughs> and we will see. Um, but, yeah, so he said... Uh, so it isn't. So you have Halloween, yeah. and then you have Halloween 2, which yeah. uh, John Carpenter wrote but did not direct, and yeah. he was forced into basically doing it, and he didn't yes. want to do it. He was still in sort of control of the franchise, and he got halfway through writing Halloween uh, 2, and he, he used to type at night with, like, a six-pack of beer, and he'd, he'd drink beer and write <laughs> Halloween 2. And at one point he went... Oh, fuck it, I'm going to make Michael Myers and Laurie Strode brother and sister. I'm going to do that. Which I don't have a problem with. No. And then uh, he sort of concluded that by blowing up uh, Donald Pleasance um, uh, in the film and uh, and Michael Myers, so they die together and Laurie Strode survives. And then they were like, we're done with the Halloween franchise. I don't know why I'm wasting time doing this for a very limited amount of time. But then there was Halloween 3, which also was... Also come to production, but we, not directed by... We, but he wrote it, right? And it was yeah. um, with Tommy Lee Wallace? Tommy Lee Wallace, yeah. Directed it? And it was written It was written by um, originally by Nigel Neal. We did Quatermass, and it's quite a Quatermassy story. Yeah. But they basically changed... They rewrote it all to the point where Nigel Neal disowned it and went, nah, I'm not... And the, you can do with that. and the attempt to do that was after one and two dealing with Michael Myers, they were going to turn the Halloween franchise into a Halloween-based uh, anthology. anthology series. And this one was about selling Halloween masks to children and then melting their faces. Yeah. It's actually pretty good. And um, when you look back on it, it's like, because it's, 
bogged down with the Halloween franchise, it's easily missable mm-hmm. because you can skip it easily because it's not about Michael Myers. But um, but it, it actually holds up pretty well as yeah. like an 80s undiscovered gem. Yeah. Um, then they went back to the Halloween franchise. Jamie Lee Curtis had left. Carpenter's gone. And, and then we start this new trilogy of films that are about um, Jamie Lee Curtis's adopted daughter... Uh, uh, she, I think it is meant to be her daughter. Her daughter. Daughter, Who's called Jamie... Jamie, Jamie Lloyd. Jamie, yeah, Jamie, Jamie Lloyd. Lloyd. And she's been, uh, she's been um, ad- ad- adopted out mm-hmm. and Laurie Strode has died in a car crash mm-hmm. off camera. Yeah. And now you've got Jamie Lloyd and it's part of the Thorn trilogy where um, now Michael Myers is after all members of his old family. So Halloween 4, I think, is pretty good. I it, think it's pretty good. I think I, it's a pro- like. I only saw it a year or two ago, having avoided it. And when I watched it, I went, this is pretty good. I, I like it. I, I probably prefer it to Halloween 2, and um, uh, I've seen it probably the most out of all the Halloween films. No, maybe not H2O. Then you have Halloween 5, which does not take, which does not pick up the cliffhanger from Halloween 4, even though it, they were pretty much filmed back yeah. to back. Um, and then you have, a year, years later, uh, the Weinsteins have got hold of the Halloween franchise and they make Halloween 6, which stars Paul Rudd as uh, Tommy Wallace. Mm-hmm. Is it? No, that's Tommy no. Lee Wallace. Tommy, hmm, hmm. Yeah, I don't hmm. know. Anyway. Whatever. He's the little boy from the first Halloween film. Um, and... Uh, and so that sort of like ended this trilogy where they kind of basically say that Michael Myers is being ran by a cult. Yeah. Then uh, it got to the 20th anniversary and Jamie Lee Curtis was like, Tommy Doyle, um, thank you, JC3000. You're welcome. So um, then it got to uh, Halloween H2O where Jamie Lee Curtis said, oh, I will come back actually. And um, it's sort of a, it was written by Kevin Williamson, who wrote Scream. It's off the back of Scream reigniting the fucking teen uh, slasher thing, teen, the teen slasher genre. It's quite knowing. It's all quite smart. It, She's now got kids of her own. I don't who think are it's as, I don't think it's as knowing as what everyone says it is. I think you know it's got cameos from Janet Lee and stuff, but I don't think it is. It's not. It's not quite Scream, mm-hmm. is it? And it's also directed by the guy who did the set, Steve Miner, isn't it? Who did the yeah. second. He did Halloween 2. And it's a sequel to Halloween 2, directly. And it ignores also, the others. Yeah, and he also did um, a bunch of the Friday the 13th films. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always... I saw Halloween H2O at the cinema. I've always really loved it. I think it's great. I don't care what anyone else says. I think it's probably my favourite Halloween film. Then there was... Uh, but contractually, they were only allowed to make that if they could also make Halloween Resurrection. Yeah. Um, and so Halloween Resurrection kind of... Although it was always planned when they were making H2O, it sort of undoes everything that was good about H2O. Oh, dreadful. Killed the franchise. Killed Jamie Lee Curtis in the first in five first, minutes. But that was in her contract. She said that she's only going to come back if they kill her off. She doesn't want to come back. And it's a shame. But I also think you can pick and choose this stuff. Then Rob Zombie made his two Halloween films and then they it, it languished for a while and then they made... Uh, and his two Halloween films were called Halloween and Halloween 2, mm-hmm. uh, even though there are already two films called Halloween and Halloween 2. Yeah. And then uh, David Gordon Green came along yeah. and he made his new Halloween trilogy. The sequel to Halloween. Which ignores all of the Halloween films except for the original Halloween yeah. film. It ignores the fact that Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Laurie Strode, are brother and sister. And it just picks up. And so now it's the third film in the same franchise called Halloween. Yeah. Even um, though it's direct sequel to Halloween, so there'd be no reason to call it Halloween. Call it Halloween 2. Yeah, call it Halloween, Halloween 2018. Something. Halloween H40. Yeah, <laughs> just call it because it was 40 years later. Yeah. So it's also the 40th Halloween film. Um, and so in that film, uh, and, and so what we're going to talk about now in the next, in the last two minutes of the show. <laughs> oh, they God. made. We've absolutely fucked this. <laughs> Absolutely fuck this. But um, they've made a new trilogy, right? And uh, the su- to summarise, it was um, it was uh, Danny McBride. Uh, McBride. Danny McBride um, and uh, David Gordon Green have gone, right, we've got a great idea for a, a new Halloween film. So they've done H2O, which, uh, H4O, which is basically... Uh, s- 
Laurie Strode has gone the Sarah Connor route where mm-hmm. she's all like beefed up and and yeah, she's like this sort of isolationist in a in a, a family of disowned her. Um, and it's kind of I didn't like it as much as people liked it, but I thought it was all right. I thought it was fine, but I always I didn't feel like it did anything different to H two O. Yeah, I did. I don't think it's like H two O, but I just was like. If you're going to erase H2O, yeah. which seemed like a perfectly fine kind of conclusion yeah. to the Jamie Lee Curtis thing, if you're going to erase that, then you've got to do something incredible. Yeah. And it was, I thought it was absolutely fine. I thought it was fine. I don't think it was as good. I don't think it was <coughs> any better than H2O or Halloween 2. I liked a lot of the stuff in it that people didn't like. I liked the humour and I, yes. liked, I liked the scenes where it's sort of like... That's where it's at its best. Yeah, me people. too. That's the better way it People works have best. a real big problem with the guy saying he's got peanut butter on his penis. I thought that was the best bit. I thought it. that was kind of like, <laughs> that's the sort of thing dads say. Yeah. I didn't think that, I didn't feel like it was a joke that was shoehorned in. Exactly. I felt like it was character based and I and I didn't have a problem with that. Um, I just felt like it was really like, what they've done is they've taken the fun out of it and they've made it into kind of like, it's, it's really kind of like grimy and quite yeah. bleak and depressing and um and the original was meant to be like a spooky story for halloween night and now it's like all like about years of trauma and and mental abuse and and it's just sort of it's really depressing halloween kills came along i thought that that was hands down the worst film in the franchise like all of them i think all these new ones they start very well They've got this great kind of... Usually they've got a great pre-credit sequence and the first maybe half an hour of these new ones are great. Go brilliant. I liked when it had Tommy Doyle as uh, anti-Michael Hall shows up. I quite liked it, even though it's weird that he's not he's the only one who's not played by the same person. And I also know it's anti-Michael yeah. Hall. And it's kind of like... I, I, I found his... Yeah, I found him a bit, like, jarring. And the whole thing of it tends to be that it's about kind of how terrible mob justice is by the end. Terrible thing. We shouldn't do this. They end up chasing a man who is easily about two foot shorter than Michael Myers is, (laughs) who's basically they find an old man who cannot possibly be, at, at even miles distance, could not be the man who you know as Michael Myers because he must be two foot shorter than the man who you think he is. And a mob kills an old man and it's going, isn't mob justice a terrible thing? And that's the kind of slightly moralistic judgment they've implied on a essentially a slasher movie, which is about someone that kills people. Um, and the other thing about these new trilogy is basically... Um they got John Carpenter's blessing and he did the music yeah. for him. Which brings us up to... I hated Halloween Kills. Yeah. I, I hated it. And and the other thing about Halloween Kills is I can't get in my head the difference between Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. And, and then you go, obviously Halloween Ends is the last one. But I was calling Halloween Ends Halloween Kills for fucking months. Yeah, me too. Um, also, there's, I mean, it's almost another thing. Why did there need to be three? Why do you need to make three? Well, I think the idea was that parts one, two and three, they were all going to be set on Halloween night and it was going to be... Uh, the beginning was Halloween and then the second one was Halloween Kills where it's all about the mob and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then the, and um, Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter, spoiler alert, gets killed at the end of Halloween Kills and then uh, the final part was going to be the rest of Halloween night, the same night... Um, and it was all going to play out like right. that. Uh, I imagine. I think. That, I think that that was the basic plan. But then COVID happened, and then they went. Oh, we'll make something else. Now we haven't got time to discuss it this week, so we'll make this episode a two-parter, and we'll talk properly about Halloween okay. ends in the next episode, right? Okay. But in a one-word review, what did you think of Halloween ends after three? One, two, three. It was Loved shit. it. So there you go. There, there you go. There's the, an in answer to your question, to your question um, it was Halloween ends. Right. So all we've got time for is uh, the game. Uh, so Nathaniel needs to get his phone up, and this so game that he can is a see. New game. Well, it's, well it's one of your game. It's what year? What year? What year? What year? Okay. 
Question number one. So basically, are you going to tell them what the game is? It'll be pretty obvious. Nick has to decide what year the thing is that I'm talking about. As anyone that knows anything about us is that I know the date of every single film ever made, but I'm generally one year out. Yeah. So uh, now we're going to play the game What Year? And that's all you need to do. Yeah. And then, uh, you know. You're right. I don't want to be... I'll, I'll try and cut this out, right? But I don't want to be telling you off on mic while the mics are hot. Uh, that I, I believe that's what they say in podcasting world. Um, so Also, uh, it's not just films. What? It's not just films, but it's, it is pop culture related. Oh, okay. So it's all going to be all I'm right. I'm a real stickler for details, okay. so I should be able to get this. So all without right. further ado... What year... Did Cheers end? What year did Cheers end? Yeah. 1994. 1993. He's oh, one year out. One year out. <laughs> what year did the film Aquaman come out? Uh, what year did the film Aquaman come out? Yeah, the film oh, Aquaman. God, I can't remember how yeah, what exactly. year any of those films came exactly. out. Exactly. So I think Aquaman came out 2017. 2018. He's wow. one year out. <laughs> oh. All right, okay. What year was Tom Hanks born? Um, what year was Tom Hanks born? Okay, so let's say he was 28 in 1988 when he made Big. So let's say Tom Hanks was born in 1960, 1962. 1956. Whoa! Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, right. But I wasn't that bad. No, not bad. Okay, what year? What year did Alfred Hitchcock die? Alfred Hitchcock died in 1982. 1980. Oh, wow. Okay, right. Uh, Escape from New York was released in 1981. But what year was it set? 1997. Correct. The TV show Thunderbirds started in which year? Thunderbirds, as in the marionettes? Yeah. 1965. Correct! Wow. Hannah Gadsby and John Robbins shared the Edinburgh Comedy Award in what 2017. year? 2017. Correct! Summertime was a hit for Will Smith in what year? 1994. 1991. What? Was that with Jazzy Jeff? Yeah. Yes, might as well be. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen anyone less convinced. The character Donald Duck appeared for the first time in what year? 1933. 1934. Wow. Oh, wow. What a great game. Wow. Well, I knew that that it was before the Second World War because he was a Nazi sympathiser. Of course he did. They used him for all sorts of horrific propaganda. Uh, Yeah, he loved it. He He loved loved the Nazis. He loved it. He was uh, was the inventor of the uh, duck step. Um, (laughs) So... um, yeah, that brings us to the end of... Uh, part one of an episode, a two-part episode. A, a Halloween end special where we will spend uh, the first 30 minutes talking about streaming. Roxanne. Roxanne. And then we'll run out of time to talk about... Well, I the don't think, we've I don't think there can be any doubt that we've really tried to... Uh, <laughs> uh, Approach all. The, it's good to be back. It's good. It's good to be. It's good to be back. It's good to be back, baby. Anyway, so uh, without without further adieu, um, I appreciate you, Nathaniel, and I appreciate you, Nick. Later, Later losers. losers.